When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I'm Ben Bullen. And today we're talking about automotive trends, I, I guess mostly 2014 trends, things that we're seeing become popular, I guess. Right, right yeah. And um, also, I think we're going to throw in there, we're going to pepper in a few, uh, you know, stuff that we've seen go away, stuff that we wish would go away, <laughs> stuff that's long gong maybe, stuff that uh, we've just seen maybe once or twice that I don't know if you can call it a trend, but maybe it'll catch on. Things maybe like that. a flash in the pan. Yeah, let's just add some stuff, some interest to this at the end, I think. And, uh, and you know, we've got a whole bunch of different things that we want to talk about that are, that are supposedly car trends to watch in 2014. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, I guess, caveats to this whole thing. So, well, I mean... What, what's your opinion on on some of the stuff we've seen recently come out? I mean, uh, yeah. some cool stuff, some uh, some some technology type stuff, some mm-hmm. some bigger trends like the automakers are, are imposing, and I don't mean imposing, but some some of the automakers are, are creating. But it's a, it's a fair point because we, um, if I can just interject here on this, uh, sometimes when we see a trend go across an industry or across a company, one of the big questions is: is this something that car buyers want to have in their vehicles, or is this something that car companies want to have in their vehicles? Oh, that's a good point, and that's what I was trying to get at there in this roundabout way. It's always tough to start something like this with a general, like a big statement yeah, that yeah, blankets yeah. the whole thing, but what I mean is um, a lot of times we're going to see stuff that comes from the automakers that they're saying, okay, well, there's going to be a push towards alternative fuels. They're going to be a push towards um, you know, whatever trend. A mileage or something. Yeah, exactly. Mileage is the big trend, right? So they're going to do that, and then other things that, you know, car owners themselves mm-hmm. say, well, you know, it doesn't come from the factory this way, but this is what I like, and I'm going to do that, and then that catches on. Like, I want more cho- more diesel options. Exactly. And, yeah, maybe that's, okay, that's probably more of a, uh, a manufacturer thing. Oh, that is Because I guess right. a, a yeah, homeowner right, right. would, would have a difficult time switching over to diesel. I mean, you could be, it could be done, but I'm saying things like... Uh, uh, better, better, um, better interfaces, for instance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, stuff like that. So stuff that somebody can do on their own, you know, like work, you know, like either get some aftermarket part or something like more that. More cup holders. Yeah, more cup holders. That's right. Again, manufacturer trend. See, uh, these can be broken down in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And 
one last thing I need to say is that, you know, what we're talking about is stuff, we're going to talk about stuff in the news recently. So automotive news in general. So we're getting it from a, lot, a bunch of different sources. Yep. Um, some of these things you're going to recognize as being trends that you'll see as well, wherever you are in the world, because we've got a worldwide listening audience right now. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Australia will be different from stuff that's going to be happening in Europe and stuff's going to be happening in the United States versus China, all kinds of places, right? So, um, you will see some of this. You won't see some of it in other areas. And then there's going to be those weird cases where someone's going to call it right in and say, well, you didn't even mention this. This is something we do here in Australia, but we've never even seen that here in the United States. You didn't even mention the kangaroo plows that are required to be put on the front of all Holdens. <laughs> no, right. I'm kidding. I'm, I am so kidding. Please don't email me. I'm yeah, not right. condoning killing kangaroos <laughs> or course. plowing through them. But this is, this is great. And this leaves us, this leaves us with an interesting proposition. Now, you know, for a while we have, we often will give our opinion and Scott, I, you and I take, take pains to separate something that's our opinion from something that is a known fact, right? Exactly. We don't want our opinions to masquerade as objective observations, yeah, Sure. but uh, we don't often make too many predictions and some of our other some of our other shows in the How Stuff Works network, like Tech Stuff especially, um, Jonathan and Lauren have have a tough time with their prediction episodes. They feel like there's a lot riding on it. Sure, yeah, because they make uh, bold statements or whatever that I think this is going to happen, and then uh, at the end of the year they come back and they say, you know, whether they were accurate or not. And, and a lot of times that's tough to say. I mean, it is. It is. There are quite a few variables at play. So we're just talking about some trends and we can loosely categorize some of these, as you said, Scott, manufacturer trends or car buyer trends. We can also say trends that are rising, trends are going away, what we think will or won't work and why. Mm-hmm. Um, but that part of that last part, what we think will or won't work, that's the opinion part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we're going to talk about things like um, stuff, I'm, just stuff I'm seeing a lot of recently, I guess, possible trends on the way, yeah. um, you know, trends that uh, seem to have gone away already, you know, that stuff that we saw even just a year or two ago that, uh, that seemed to be gone. Maybe even some that I, I wish would go away. How about that? That's a, cat- that's a yeah. category that I want to cover. Okay. And uh, that's completely opinion, obviously. And then there's also long gone trends, which are things that maybe disappeared decades ago that people haven't really thought about. And then I'm wondering if, like, clothing or, you know, like, uh, hairstyles or whatever. Sure, if is, it'll come back. If it's going to come back. Yeah, nice. that's that's kind of an interesting thought, I think. And and we'll see. Uh, but we'll get to all that at the end, I promise. Yeah. So right now, you want to start with some of the, um, I guess, some of the trends that, you know, the, the I guess, the journalists, the, the automotive people yeah, that uh, like are in the know, I the suppose. Tw- the auto show, the CES trends, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, the people yeah. that work the circuits, I guess. Yeah. You know, they say, uh, they say, well, this is kind of what to watch for because, you know, I'm down here on the floor at the 2014 Detroit Auto Show, uh-huh. and these are five things that I've noticed a lot of manufacturers doing. So, um, as a matter of fact, that's the one I want to begin with, if that's okay. Yeah, lay it on me. All right, this is from USA Today. And the writer's name is Chris Woodyard, and Chris writes uh, from early January, so he was at the Detroit Auto Show, and exactly what I was talking about, you know, I'm, I'm trying to uh, just summarize this real quick, because we're going to go through several different of these, okay? Sure. Uh, one thing is that he wants to mention that you shouldn't count out the good old gasoline engine. That's his first observation. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people like to point to automakers that are pushing towards hybrids, alter- alternative fuels. Yeah, or even full electric. Full electric vehicles, exactly. So... He says, you know, with turbocharging and direct injection and increasingly sophisticated computer engine management, automakers are getting previously unattainable levels of power and fuel efficiency at the same time 
from the good old gasoline engine. And I think a lot of people have kind of written it off as like, well, you know, I know that, you know, we're pushing towards these, these modern technologies and, you know, we're, we're maybe working towards an all electric future. I sure. know that's scary to say, you know, for me it is. Anyways, it's possible. It's possible. We've talked about this so many times. I don't, yeah. I don't personally believe it's ever going to go we away. We have like 19 other episodes you can listen to where we talk about this in depth. Yeah. <laughs> he, but, but he outright says they're not going away. They're just getting better. And I feel good about this one because yeah. we've said this. Over the past five or six years that we've been doing this, we've been saying, I can't ever see a time when either gasoline or diesel engines completely go away and there's no more of those. Well, I have, um, I agree with, uh, this journalist assessment here. I think that he is focusing more upon the performance potential mm-hmm. of these vehicles. So that to me, I'm thinking, um, supercars, high performance vehicles racing, but also there's another point. That needs to be made. And this is a little bit of a soapbox, so I'll keep it brief. Sure. Um, all right. So the demise of the book, right, the physical hard copy book has been just a few years around the corner for years, right? Oh, sure. Even in if you look back in um, old popular mechanics, which are some of my favorite magazines to read, when their predictions of the future uh, have you know books gone by the space age time of the 1980s. But um, what we've seen is that books remain incredibly popular um, across the world. And one of the things that happened is that when new e-readers came in and things that required Internet access came in, a certain segment of the population was able to afford that innovation, but they weren't um, – this, this innovation was not affordable to everybody throughout the world. However, the price on books dropped and the technology to print books improved. So it turns out that more people actually have access to books uh, than did before this um, dawn of e-readers. I think that the same thing can easily apply to alternative fuels, to full electric or hybrid vehicles. The infrastructure, the gargantuan infrastructure used to make gasoline engines and to improve gasoline and diesel engines not only still exists, but is getting better and I could see the price of that technology dropping to a point where more people can actually afford their own transportation. Now, wouldn't that be great? But yeah. They, yeah. And the thing is, they point to several different engines here that are are getting, I mean, great horsepower ratings out of very small engines. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking about you know small four cylinder, small six cylinder engines. I mean, even Cadillac has a uh, you know a, a two liter four cylinder engine now. Uh, that gets like 10% more torque from this, you know, this turbocharged version. It feels like a V6 that has something like, you know, 295 or 300 horsepower, mm-hmm. but it's a much smaller, much more compact engine that, uh, that does the same job as the bigger engine that used to, because torque is the big thing with it. It's a heavy vehicle, so you want to get right. that and horsepower, of course, but torque is big in that. And then there's also performance engines that are, that are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Now, do you remember mm-hmm. not long ago that, uh, you know, to get 100 horsepower per liter, was a huge deal. Right, yeah. Now they're getting significantly more than 100 horsepower per liter out of a lot of performance engines, these uh, tuned, you know, four-cylinder engines, mm-hmm. like two-and-a-half liters that are getting, you know, 350 horsepower. So, um, you know, the, the advances that are being made are, are jumping up, you know, level by level. They're, they're just getting better and better as time goes on. People are refining the design mm-hmm. and making it work for them. Well, gas, gas cars are becoming smarter. ICE is becoming smarter at the same time that hybrid or electric is becoming more feasible. Notice I say feasible. I don't yeah. say ideal yet um, because there's still quite a bit 
there's still quite a long way to go. There's a big gap that still remains uh, between mm. what they're able to create and the infrastructure that is allowed exactly. to support that. And you know what? That's going to come up in just a little while too, because there's another big one that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. That uh, that that it, it, the infrastructure is critical for this one, more so even than uh, the electric cars that we're seeing now. And, uh, and that's kind of a, a tip off, I guess, on, on uh, <laughs> a little bit going. of foreshadowing. But, but how about we talk about um, yeah. mileage? Because oh, mileage is be- a, mileage is probably one. I would say it's one of the top three trends. I think it is too, and and so does uh, Chris Woodyard because uh, that's the second one that he wrote about was uh, was gas mileage and how everybody is treating this as as the way to go. Now all the easy fixes have been done, as according to him. Yep. Now the people have already put you know, people. When I say people, I mean auto manufacturers. They've put smaller engines into some of the bigger cars. You know, the existing vehicles have already been adapted to have like, well, we can do with the. You know, the three liter V6 instead of the, uh, the four liter V8. Right. You know? So instead of a small V8, you get a big V6. Mm-hmm. And you may jump from a, a V6 down to a four cylinder. Um, so that's what they're, they've already done. And that. they've looked at economy of weight, power to weight ratio, which is another easy fix. Well, that's sort of easy, but until you get to materials. Yeah. See, we're getting to the materials and, and I'm glad you said that, Ben, because just think about what's happened just this year with Ford and its F-150 series. Now they've gone to an all aluminum body. On the F-150 series just this year. So for 2015 model year vehicles in 2014, uh, they're going to cut 700 pounds out of the vehicle just by shifting over to aluminum. That's wild. That's and like one gorilla. I, it's amazing. It's a, huge, it's a huge amount of weight. I mean, it really is. It's like, it's like three or f- that's like four grown adults, you know, in the vehicle. I mean, uh, that, two, two gorillas. Well, okay. Yeah, something <laughs> like that's huge. But anyways, it's a, it's a lot of weight. And, uh, you know, huge, huge deal for them because, you know, aluminum is something that a lot of people don't think of for bodies. Right. Uh, yeah. Because aluminum bodies, we think of race cars and mm-hmm. race cars. If you lean on a race car, it's going to dent. Exactly. And you do, that's kind of a characteristic that I wouldn't think you'd want in a work truck, really. No. I mean, because they, they get banged up already. I mean, even though that they're solid steel bodies. So mm-hmm. we'll see how this plays out. I mean, I know they're strong, but, uh, we'll find out what happens with these. Now, you know, less weight equals better fuel economy, of course. And that's why they're doing it. And, you know, they're going to have to come up with these highly sophisticated um, different materials. And I know that carbon fiber is one we talk a lot about, but it's very expensive to do. And it's still right. still kind of. Uh, and it's still it's still just a, I'll be completely candid here and pardon my French. It's still damn hard to make carbon fiber. It is. It still it still is. I mean, it's it's still stuff of, you know, exotic supercars. But I know that there, there are little bits of pieces here and there that uh, that. Manufacturers, including in what we'll call typical cars and air right. quotes, you know, but um, one of the other big things that they're doing is watch for this trend, automatic transmissions. And that all goes into the, the gas mileage. And the reason mm-hmm. it goes into gas mileage is because they're creating really advanced seven, eight, nine speed automatic transmissions. Now, I never would have thought I'd, I'd see a nine speed automatic transmission because, <laughs> you know, when when they started doing these these multi speed transmission mm-hmm. automatics, instead of, you know, going up to maybe four or five speeds. They started bumping them up to six or seven, and now they're all the way up to nine. And that, I believe, is for it's for mileage, of course. It's also for rider comfort because you know the the shift points are very smooth, very they're very. It comes about very often, of course. I'm so glad you said that. That's exactly what I was going to point out. It mm-hmm. doesn't feel like nine. You don't feel all nine shift points. Well, it used to be, you know, like the Lexus would have like an eight yeah. speed automatic, and right. you know, like that was just for for ride quality, not so much fuel economy. But now. Auto manufacturers, like even I think the Grand Cherokee has something like a nine-speed automatic. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to have to double-check that, but I believe that's one. Acura TLX, I think, has one. Uh, the Chrysler 200 sedans. So it looks like Acura and Chrysler are really getting into these, uh, you know, these nine-speed automatic transmissions. And they call them, they're industry first, 
but they're definitely going to be followed by others. Well, yeah, of course. I think that's a, an accurate thing. We're going to see more of this kind of computer-run auto transmission just because it's going to it's so effective to advertise it as a long-term savings on the cost mm-hmm. of ownership. And they're extremely efficient as far as like uh, as far as shift quality. So you're going to see that automatic transmissions are going to come into play into a lot of uh, performance vehicles as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you see you already see this really. I mean, you see cars with paddle shifters and there's really no clutch pedal in these cars. Uh, and some of them are high performance vehicles and, and people say, well, I don't really like that. I like the I like to be able to kind of row through the gears with my right hand or my left hand, I guess. Well, yeah, in yeah. Some countries. Yeah. But and I, I like that as well. But. When you think you're like, okay, a, a, an automatic transmission can shift, you know, much, much faster than you and something, what do we say, like 0.5 seconds? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry, not 0.5, um, 0.15 seconds. Right. Less time than it takes to blink, right? Yeah. It's like the, the blink it's, of, it's literally yeah. the blink of an eye. It's, that's much faster than you can shift your car, you know, reliably every time. You mm-hmm. might be able to, to jam it into gear once or twice, but you're going <laughs> to cause damage. And right. there's a lot of, there's a lot of other things we have to talk about with, with transmissions in, in that regard. But. Um, can I throw in something here yeah, while we're sure. talking about some of this stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, one of the big things that is a, is a definite trend and Noel, play the conspiratorial music if you must. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.
the black box mandate is really going to happen. Yeah, yeah, we, I believe uh, it will. For everybody who um, somehow missed this episode that we did, which is which is a great episode, um, here in the United States for a number of years, uh, legislators and car manufacturers have been having, I won't call it an argument, um, I'll call it a discussion, a spirited discussion about whether uh, cars should have black boxes the same way that airlines have. Right? Yeah, and we're talking more in depth, I guess, than what's already out there. You know, things that store the last bit of information as far as, like, you know, the speed that it was going, mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, what what gear the person was in, whether the seatbelts were buckled, you know, that stuff. Maintenance all, records even, like oil all, change. All of that plus a lot of information. So we're we're talking a, a much broader program i guess right and the uh and then also with that the possibility i don't think i don't think the gps stuff will come to pass because it's too expensive but the possibility of it is is there um we in our earlier episode we talked about a couple of things regarding this that a lot of people did not know and one of those is that a lot of car manufacturers already have something like this in their vehicle as a matter of fact if you live in the United States and you drive a recent car, then odds are you have something like this. But as as you said, Scott, it's not going to be as broad. Yeah. OnStar, anybody? Right, exactly. And the second thing, which um, I hated to point out, the second thing was that uh, although I received before a lot of email from people saying, well, I don't want the government tracking me in my car. Well, the thing is, do, do you have a cell phone? Do you drive in your car with your cell phone? Because guess what, buddy? It's too late. It's possible, and in some cases, it's already happening. Right, yeah. And, you know, of Not course, all cases. Yeah, those cases are more like they open up an investigation. Mm-hmm. But with those black boxes, um, which are becoming more and more of a real thing, we see that there are some strong pros, and there are also some strong cons. Without getting too far down the rabbit hole on that one, we recommend that you check it out, and we recommend that you check on your car yourself. See what you're uh, rocking under yeah. the hood. This is a huge can of worms topic, really. I mean, right. When you, when you get to it, I mean, we've yeah. we've covered some of it already. There's probably another, I don't know, three or four programs that we could talk about this this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. But there's oh, uh, the one. It, it's going to lead me later to a car trend that's going away. Very good. Okay. All right. Okay. So let's move on to number three from yeah. Chris here. From again, from this is from uh, USA Today, and this is just one of a few lists that we're going to go through. And I promise we'll go through them quicker than this. This initial list is the one that I wanted to uh, to really focus on because I think this is a good list. I think uh, this person really has got a good grasp of what's mm-hmm. going on here. And uh, there's more to it than this. But anyways, let's get back into number three. Luxury can be affordable, what Chris says. Now, when I read that headline, I knew right away what Chris was going for here because I'm seeing a lot of commercials for premium brands that are offering entry-level vehicles mm-hmm. for right around the $30,000 range. And that is, uh, you know, I mean, man, I was talking with my wife about this this weekend. To me, because I'm driving an older car now, I have a 2005, haven't had a, a, a you know, a, a payment to make in a long, long time. I mean, several years now. Mm-hmm. And I think when I think like $30,000 for a new car, I think that's a lot of money still because I'm just not accustomed to paying that. Right. But that's pretty much the norm now. If you want to get, um, you know, an entry level sedan, just about of any kind of, of any decent quality, really. Yeah. And if you want to get a compact, you know, that's something different. You can go much, much cheaper. But a sedan, you know, family sedan, that type of vehicle would be just about right. So, but we're seeing 
offerings from Audi, BMW, Mercedes. Mercedes, that's right. That's the one that blows me away. Yeah, so you know about the Mercedes, right? Yeah, the CLA sedan, right? Exactly, yeah. It's like just under 30, it's like $29,000. Yeah, Yeah, $29,995. And uh, and I've seen these on the road. I mean, they look like a Mercedes. I guess they drive like a Mercedes, sort of, because I've read some, uh, some critics that have said, well, you know, if you drive a, a bigger Mercedes, you know, one of these uh, sixty thousand dollar jobs, you know, that that right. you normally see, and then you drive this one, you're going to be a little bit upset with the quality. But I think that somebody stepping in and saying, uh, stepping into a Mercedes dealership and saying, "What have you got for me? Here's my budget," and they say, "Well, we've got this CLA sedan." Um, I think they're going to be impressed with what they find. I mean, there's it's still a Mercedes. It's still mm-hmm. got a lot of the features that Mercedes have. It's just maybe not the top quality Mercedes, obviously. Right. And it's still, to be fair, um, it still is going to have the increased cost of ownership associated with a Mercedes. Mm-hmm. But all that being said, um, I would I would love to have a thirty thousand dollar Mercedes. Well, so would I. And, you know, there's there's other vehicles. We mentioned Audi because they mm-hmm. have the uh, the Q3 series, which I think is Q3. Is that a um, I, I think that's the wagon shaped one. Right? Yeah, it's like a crossover. Yeah, a crossover vehicle, and that's less than thirty thousand dollars. I mean, right under thirty. Uh-huh. Uh, BMW's got a new two series vehicle that is an entry level coupe that starts at I think it's thirty two thousand one, so just a little bit above. But again, thirty two thousand for a brand new BMW that uh, you know something you wouldn't be ashamed to be seen in by by any means, and it's a beautiful car. Can't beat it with a stick, man. I mean, you could also consider other vehicles. There are other, you know, like there's the Hyundai Genesis that, you know, is a premium luxury sedan that's right around $35,000. Now, mm-hmm. that's, but you're not getting the, the premium brand name if that's what you're really looking for, like the Audi, BMW, Mercedes. Right, yeah. Um, you know, Hyundai, it's stepping up. I mean, I, I understand they're, they're coming up in the world, really, mm-hmm. and very quickly in the last few years, but... Um, See if you go to that that area, you don't need the uh, you don't need the brand name, I guess the uh, the the label on the back of the jeans. You know you don't need you don't need that. <laughs> right. Um, the Hyundai Genesis, you know that's like a, a premium luxury sedan with all of the features. You're going to get the fully loaded all version, the bells or whatever. And whistles, yeah. and it starts at thirty five, may go up a little bit from that, but um, that's also affordable luxury. Mm-hmm. So that's that's something to watch, I guess, for 2014, 2015. Uh, the next one is oh, sleepers. Now, he's, he mentions sleepers in a different way than we talk about sleepers. Now, right, yeah. Earlier we had said sleeper cars as in cars that you wouldn't suspect have the performance they do, but that's not what he's talking about. No, he is talking about um, a vehicle that, you know, doesn't seem like it's much of anything, but it's probably going to shake up the whole market, I guess, in that in that arena. Like um, the new full-size Ford Transit vehicle. All right, so you know this is a vehicle that sits in the corner at the uh, the trade shows and at you know the Detroit Auto Show and everything because yeah. you know it's something that they bring it out because it's a new vehicle and it's interesting I guess to some people. But, it's like a standby though. Yeah, not a lot of people are going to pay much attention to it, but but they want to point out that you know it's so efficient, it's so um, well designed. I guess that you know like anybody that has this this commercial van need is really going to be blown away by the new full size Ford Transit vehicle. And mm-hmm. it's funny to think about it, but something that really gather, you know garners no attention. No attention for real. I mean, you know, like as far as mass public comparatively, goes, comparatively, that's a good way to say it. Um, that it's probably going to really be a, uh, I hate to say it, a segment, uh, a segment. Bus- I don't want to say buster. I guess maybe. Oh, okay. I see. Like it, busting the the genres of the cars. Exactly, because you know people think about like the old Ford Econoline vans and things like that, which I is, would still drive. I would drive one of those. Today. I would too. And you know, but this is something brand new and different, and mm. and it's supposedly it's going to be something that we're going to see on the streets all over the place. It's going to be ubiquitous pretty soon. 
Wow, so it's yeah. going to be up there like a Honda Civic. I huh? think it really will. And there's also, you know, like Nissan, they've got a new, um, you know, sports sedan concept that supposedly is like the, going to be the new Maxima. And I think this is all going to happen, but that one, you know, we see Maximas all over the place. Yeah. And, and I guess uh, Altimas and vehicles like mm-hmm. that. And, you know, supposedly that pretty soon people are going to latch on to this new Maxima design and decide that that's the one. And, you know, he's kind of seeing these early trends saying that, you know, well, maybe it's not uh, maybe it's not the fastest car like we talked about it being a sleeper, but it's mm-hmm. something that's going to sell really well, so well that you're going to start noticing on the streets is like, well, there's another one of those, and there's another one. And by right. the way, while I'm sitting here, two more have passed. Oh, me. and your cousin just bought one. Exactly, and yeah. I may get one because you know what, they look pretty darn good. His last prediction in this article mm-hmm. uh, was one of the ones that really interested me. Really? Uh, so he because it seemed kind of specific. It's something that I wouldn't have thought of. Yeah. yeah. Um. So he noticed something about multiple cars at the show. He said, not just the Porsche Targa, the Lexus RCF, the uh, M3, the Passat, uh, the Chrysler 200, um, but even half of the Audi cars all have one thing in common. What was that? They were all blue. Yeah, and a unique color of blue. Oh, right. (laughs) Yeah, because he calls it Smurf Blue. Now, that's a funny way to say it, but I can picture that in my mind when he says it that way. I mean, that's a very descriptive way to say it. Smurf blue cars. And he says, what is it? And really, it's more of a question. It's like, what is with the Smurf blue cars at the Detroit Auto Show? Is this the new thing? And I'm going to say, I bet it is, because manufacturers are trying to bring out some supposedly, you know, again, in quotes, new colors. Mm -hmm. It's not really a new color. You know, we've seen tuners do stuff like this. And it seems like, you know, the Plastidip cars that we talked about, a lot of those Plastidip cars seem like they end up like that Smurf color blue, um, kind of a flat matte color. Um, some of these are going to have, you know, gloss, of course. You know, they're going to be glossy finish from the mm-hmm. manufacturer, typically, or matte finish, maybe. But especially these bright blue cars are what he's talking about. And and I guess, you know, it's kind of a, a designer's choice, really, because before this, they were going with white color cars, a lot of silver cars, because they show off the lines of them when they're under the, the lights of the auto show. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're carefully lit at the auto show, obviously. Right. Every, yeah. every manufacturer brings in their own little lighting technician to get things just right at their own booth or their own display. So, you know, they say, well, you know, these, these lighter color vehicles tend to show off the lines a little better. So I mean, we want silver, we want gray, we want white, um, occasionally black, but, you know, that's a little bit, different because it doesn't quite show up the uh, the lines of the vehicle as well, the, the design. But, um, you know, these blue cars, these are kind of like a weird trend that he's noticing, and I bet we're going to begin seeing these on the road from the manufacturers soon. Hmm. Okay, well. I, mean, I think it's going to happen. Speaking of on the road, however, I needed to come to you for a little bit of life advice. Okay. All right. So traffic gets pretty nuts here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. No secret. You and I know all the back routes, like the back of our hand, but... I'm still sitting there hating the radio because it's playing the same songs over and over, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't like any of them. What should I be listening to? Well, I can tell you a uh, way around this, Ben. Now, we've been talking about audiobooks for a while now mm-hmm. from Audible.com, and uh, this is kind of a longer one, so this will get you through several commutes if you want to do it that way or if you want to um, – you know, take a long road trip, something like that. This is maybe a good idea for something like this. Because, oh, okay, I'm in. Uh, the description here, well, I'll tell you about the, the title of it first. It's The Life of the Automobile. And it's a broad title. Um, it's about 16 hours and 25 minutes long. So it's a longer Ooh. version, right? Now, right. it's a good story, though. It's, um, and I guess a good, uh, whole narrative that goes along with this. Um, and I'll just read the summary. It says, this book is the first comprehensive world history of the most important transport innovation of the modern age. Now, the author, 
examines the impact, development, and significance of the automobile over its turbulent and colorful 130-year history. But this is not just the story of horsepower and performance. It's the tale of people, the flamboyant entrepreneurs, shrewd businessmen, and gifted engineers of outstanding success and abject failure. Now, mm. so it's a little bit of everything. It's the good, the bad. It's the people involved. It's, uh, it's, you know, saying like, well, of course, Henry Ford was, uh, was great with Model T, but here's a little bit more about Henry Ford. You know, Preston Tucker that we talked about, of course, that's going to be mentioned as well, I'm sure. I'm fascinated. Um, but the one, you know, the, uh, the sample that I downloaded was Henry Ford. Of course. <laughs> it, it had, of course it had to be, right? Because right. that's what draws people in because he's very interesting. But there's so many different players in this book, people that you'll be, you know, excited to hear about. And if you like some of our historical podcasts, you know, mm-hmm. on, on the people behind the vehicles, that's going to be something – this is going to be something that you're going to be interested in, I think. And we have good news if you're saying, well, uh, guys, I don't want to pay to download uh, an audio book. We get it. We totally understand. You can go to audiblepodcast.com slash carstuff, and just because Scott and Ben sent you, you'll get to download a free audio book of your choice. Now, it doesn't have to be the story of the automobile. It could be any one of the – hundreds of thousands of books that they have in their library. Mm-hmm. This is, I, I would say that this is one that is right in our listener's wheelhouse, though, because mm-hmm. this is something that, you know, if you're a listener of car stuff, you know that we like to kind of dig a little deeper than just the vehicle itself. Like, we yeah. do like to talk about, uh, the you know, uh, McLaren brand, but we mm-hmm. also like to talk about Bruce McLaren. And we'd like to talk about the Model T, but we also like to talk about Henry Ford and, you know, the Tucker and Preston Tucker. So you get the idea that, you know, we really enjoy going a little bit further, and I think the book uh, The Life of the Automobile is something that you're going to like as well. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at the Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers pots and premium soils to bring out the most in our patios walkways and gardens with the home depot's mother's day savings event happening now get vigoro potting soil just $8.97 for strong healthy vibrant plants indoors and outside start your mother's day shopping and saving today by checking out the home depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options see homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. 
You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Yes, and it's also a book that uh, doesn't have really uh, too much of an ending yet because the story of the automobile continues and we are going to continue with uh, some more trends. Yeah. So I guess this would be the last chapter. Then. Yeah, I think so. And tell you what, let's uh, let's step it up a little bit. Let's move on quickly because okay. I think I, I think of greater interest to our listeners, maybe, mm-hmm. may, maybe, is uh, kind of the stuff that we think, our, our opinion stuff at the end. How about that? All right, so, let's, let's get to it. So let's go through a few more articles and just quickly go through them. And not like what we did with the last one, but okay. um, here's one that's called uh, Car Tech Trends at the 2014 Consumer Electronics Show. So this is a, uh, a tech article from Edmunds.com, mm-hmm. and the author's name is Ronald Montoya. And Ronald noticed that, um, all right, well, there's high-speed connectivity in your car, which is something pretty new. Yep. Because, um, you know, everybody wants... Connectivity in the car, of course, but you know we haven't really dealt with high-speed connectivity. I know that a lot of uh, a lot of um, providers say they can provide something that's quicker than the, than the competition. Of course, that's all you hear on the radio now, it seems. Yeah. But uh, we're getting to the point where you know they actually want high-speed connectivity, almost like what you would have at home or at the office in your vehicle, which is very very tricky because of the rate of speed you're traveling and you know, right. all the different zones you're traveling through mm-hmm. and um, satellite coverage, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a long list of things that uh, are, are challenges and uh, and successes, I guess, in this r- arena. Um, the next thing he mentions is, oh, the Android platform in cars. Um, and this says, oh, you know what, Ben? This is a good one to bring up right now because um, this is about the Open Automotive Alliance, or OAA. And I just last week published an article that you know one of our freelance writers wrote about the Open Automotive Alliance. And it'll tell you all about the Android platform in cars. And uh, this is a Google initiative. And they are working with, I believe it's Audi, General Motors, Honda, and I think even Hyundai uh, along with this. And there's also um, uh, some, a couple of tech companies, um, NVIDIA, and oh, I mentioned Google already because uh-huh. it's a Google initiative. But uh, it's a big push to um, to create, I guess, Android platform vehicles versus, you know, everybody's... The, you a know, proprietary Yeah, problem. because right now we're seeing the push towards the Apple operating system. Okay, yeah, which you can hear in the tech world kind of called a sandbox. And what that means is that this one proprietary system, let's say BMW has their own proprietary system uh, that is able to sense other cars, but it only can sense other cars on that system. So an Audi with its own proprietary system, they would be invisible to each other. Exactly, yeah. And and not only that, I mean, people are, are saying, well, why do I have to have an iPhone or an i? an Apple device, rather, right. in order to communicate with my car. Like, why do I need that in order to be able to, uh, to you know, be on a phone call, step into my car and have it continue in the car like, you know, a lot of people like to do? Mm-hmm. Why does it have to be an iPhone in order to work in this vehicle? Why can't I have an Android phone and make it work? Why can't I be free? I gave you the money. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Exactly. So let's let's move on. So okay. better infotainment uh, controls to reduce distractions in cars. So that's obviously mm-hmm. self-explanatory. I don't know if we really need to go in too much no. in depth with that one, but um, easier to control devices, really. Um, also, how about making fuel cell vehicles more economically feasible? That's a big one. Now, fuel cells are something we'll see mentioned a lot of different places, but it seems been like they're really going to do this. And I, I know that we've talked about the Toyota FCV, which is the uh, 
the Toyota uh, vehicle that they're currently only leasing to people. Right, kind of like the EV1. Yeah, you can't buy one. You can lease one, and I think there's only a few. There's only like, uh, I mean, I think there's only a few on the road, actually. There's only 10 hydrogen stations in all of California right now, and that's the only place they lease these right now is in California. Right. And I think the first ones went to celebrities and things like that, you know, people that were were high-profile. Sure. They would get a lot of press, you know, that they had a fuel cell vehicle from Toyota. So... And, and not just only celebrities, but the initial people to use these or to lease these were those people. Were like influencers. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, they're saying that, you know, it's it's actually more efficient than gasoline and it's more efficient than battery-powered electric vehicles. It's just a matter of getting the infrastructure in place, and they've been refining it all along. I mean, we've talked about them from the beginning of this show yep. uh, the last six years, and, and it, you know, it had been happening prior to that as well, but um, you know, we saw them release these vehicles that were just, you know, the couple for lease and we you couldn't buy them. Now they're talking about 2015 is the release date when anybody can get one. And 2015 is coming up pretty quick. And with only 10 hydrogen stations in one state alone, I don't know. But they're saying um, they're going to have at least 40 in California by 2016. So they're going to mm-hmm. up the game by uh, what is the, like, uh, like 300%. Is that right? If it works. If it works. That's right. So they're going to up their uh, you know infrastructure um Ability. I don't know if that's where I say it. Maybe they're going to up their, uh, Cap- their capacity. Capacity. That's a better way to say it, Ben. But, but uh, yeah. you have like six hundred percent or whatever, a thousand percent. They're going to they're going to start increasing and, and multiplying these stations, and they're going to grow out from California, and hopefully cover the United States. And I don't know what the plans are elsewhere. State by state. Yeah, and, and I'm sure they're going to go overseas with this as well because if it's a big seller and if it's if something's mm-hmm. popular, people are going to want to get one. And I think in Japan, doesn't Japan also already have some hydrogen filling station infrastructure? I think they do. Yeah, but yeah. again, it's very small. It's not anything like you would uh, you would expect at this point. You know, for as long as we've been talking about it. Oh, Scott, Scott, Scott. I'm sorry. I hate to say it, man. What's that? Well, you know as well as I do that we probably should make this two episodes. Yeah, I guess time's running a little short, and, man, there's so many trends that we mm-hmm. want to get to because there's just this huge list of just, you know, our Atlanta-centric view of what's going on, right? <laughs> right, yeah. And there are um, – and I have already gone on a couple of rants at the at the slightest well, opportunity. Nothing compared to me, buddy. I mean, we're, we're running <laughs> long on this. so And you know what? We've, we've also brought in some opinions of others. So, you know, there's, there's a good reason we're running long on this one, and we sure. do want to get to – uh, some of our our specific things that we want to talk about at the very end of this whole thing. So yeah. maybe that's better to put it off to part two. Okay, uh, so we're going to make this a two-parter. Uh, we hope that you've enjoyed our first part so far. Be sure to tune in for 2014 Car Trends Part 2. In the meantime, drop us an email. Uh, send us a Facebook or Twitter message. Oh, and our email address is... Carstuff at discovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com. If you haven't heard, it's a good idea to fit probiotics into your daily routine. Fortunately, Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls make that so easy. These adorable little pearls couldn't be easier to take, and they support both digestive and vaginal health, all because of the probiotics. 
There are actually 1 billion active cultures protecting against occasional bloating, constipation, and digestive discomfort, all in one tiny little pearl. To learn more about Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls and how they can fit into your routine, visit naturesway.com. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done.